Welcome to Lead Today with me, Kalina. Let's talk leadership. Great to have you back listening in. Today is about some interesting stuff personally that I have received criticism for, but I'm getting the sense that that's a theme in every episode that I do, and that's just what's going to happen in life, I suppose. People judge you for what you do, people judge you for what you don't, so you might as well do something that feels good for you, feels right to you, feels like the best next move. Whenever I record these, I want to release them instantly. It's so hard for me to record and then have them as drafts and not share them with you right away. But in any case, I would like to chat through what it has been like to plan two weddings during one of the most tumultuous times in my lifetime, at least when it comes to global landscape. I'm aware that certain parts of the world have been affected far more by by other situations far more strongly and are still are so not to be privileged or sound as though I am downgrading anyone's experience but here's my own certainly and of course our special guest Max is always nearby hanging out on the floor I planned two weddings during COVID-19, and I know that that sounds like it's a feat. I do have to give credit to the second wedding, mostly to my lovely husband, Fabio. He took the lead on that one, but I'd love to start with wedding number one. It took place in, in and around the Guelph area of Ontario, Canada. My family is originally from Toronto and surrounding area, and so it made a lot of sense for us to at least celebrate once there. And so we started, I started by looking for a venue, looking for an officiant, someone, you know, priest or otherwise that would take care of the ceremony, looking for a place for us to stay. You need food, you need flowers, you need something to wear, you need music of some sort, and then you need to invite a bunch of people and have a great time. So I approached it in a relatively simple way. Pinterest was of decent help to think about aesthetic and think about cute little touches, you know, invitations, party gifts, details, so many details. Thankfully, I also have amazing friends that pitched in with a gift box or helping out plan things last minute, my mom doing the bridesmaids bouquets last minute, people looking for the bridesmaids dresses online and finding something really easy at the bay actually that shipped in time so me finding I found gifts and had to order them online and then pick them up outside of the store because there's no in-store shopping but generally everything was actually there was stress I don't want to act like it was seamless I don't know how bridezilla I got near the end I certainly was on edge I would say I wasn't able to enjoy the first wedding as much as the second because I was so on edge and so one thing in retrospect would definitely be to have somebody help you plan whether it's the person at the venue itself it's just sort of managing details and vendors if you've got a band if you've got the food if you have a photographer makeup and hair it's already sort of a few people to manage if you have videography someone else and so the more people you have helping out it does really I found it's, it's a huge help if you have someone 
locally at the venue on site at least day of to help you because that was a huge challenge for me is during the actual wedding people because I had coordinated all these different vendors people were coming to me asking me stuff during the celebration during the party and so that of course wasn't ideal it didn't necessarily it wasn't necessarily present in the moment but leading up to it the priest who was incredibly gracious and kind was also very clear that planning a wedding in a month and a half through the Catholic Church is not exactly the traditional road. <laughs> and so we had done a course, a premarital course that was online for the Catholic Church. There, It was accredited by, I, I believe it was actually an American Catholic Association, so not in Canada, but it was accredited by... Um, a bunch of a priesthood of some sort in the Catholic faith so we went ahead and completed that online which is very useful of course during a time when you're not allowed to gather in groups and do a course like that in person so we did that about let's say two months out a month and a half out and completed that over that course of time and then um, well let's step back I mean Fab sort of asked me at my birthday, so April of that year, but we really solidified the deal in November and then set the date for December 19th. So it was, it was sort of, um, yeah, this interesting timeline and it came from this conviction that I had where I said, you know, I'm just meant to be married in 2020. And he's like, what are you talking about? And this is, I mean, knowing me, right? If I get something in my head, it's uh, relatively difficult to get me off the scent if I've decided that it's what I want or need to do or it's important to me. And so a 2020 wedding it was. And from November until December 19th, we got it all together. Etsy was a huge help in getting customized gifts and little touches. Because it was in December and it was freezing, we gave everyone very nice pashmina scarf as a gift and so I'd say Pinterest and Etsy are your best friends in regards to venue what we did was we actually rented an Airbnb farm for just the core family and guests that were going to stay overnight because it was out of the city and sort of far for some people the location was near my grandparents and that was really important to me because of course I needed them to attend um, the church was relatively seamless. There was a florist in the area that I actually had known for years, and so that was something I easily ticked off my list. So definitely if you're getting married locally, it's relatively easy. What I will say is all people, all vendors, like you've got a cake, florist, photographer, whatever, anytime they know it's a wedding, and I get it, it's a big event. It can be a big event, potentially not if you're having 35 to 50 people like we did. But traditionally, a 200, 100 person wedding, it's a big day. It takes a lot of prep and effort. There's work afterwards when it comes to photographer, videographer. But oftentimes, you just get this like wedding tax, if you will. Like people just bump up the price because it's a wedding. And so I somehow find that frustrating. I get it in one way. But again, we were having more of like a bigger party, right? Because it wasn't hundreds of people, it wasn't as big of a production. And so. I negotiated with every single vendor. I think that's critically important in business in general. You don't have to, when it comes to, okay, I'm not negotiating if I go to 
a grocery store and I buy a banana, it's like, yeah, okay. But in some parts of the world, even that's conventionally important is if you're at a market, a local market, you're negotiating there. But when you're buying something that's of a higher value, negotiating is usually a part of the deal. And so I did just that with the photographer, videographer, cake, venue, the the venue food menu. Um, but we were in a unique position perhaps because of the the current situation in Canada and the pandemic and people not really having events. Perhaps we were lucky in that regard that people just wanted the business. They just wanted something to do. They wanted they need to make money. So how do I go about this while not being yeah, I hope you find it useful. I mean, if you're planning a wedding, parts of this would be beneficial, certainly in the negotiation aspect, because there's so many vendors. A huge help were absolutely my friends, and luckily most of them are getting married within the next year or so from recording of, of this episode. So it's like asking them about vendors was awesome because they had already done a lot of the legwork, and I used some of those. Or I locally, so I worked very much so with the venue on the cake distribution the florist I knew locally already. So really harnessing the local environment, I think was helpful. And then just having a list, like I had a paper list, but we also had a digital one, Fab's really into Notion. So, you know, that he had his um, very organized Notion page on the topic. But for me, a list, just a checklist, like a to-do list was completely fine to make sure that I had everybody invited. I ordered these invitations online on a site. I'll have to find that. You can essentially line up, just format the whole thing. You can add in your own pictures or whatever you want, and then you just put in all the addresses, or you can import them, and then they'll mail it. It is from the States, so to Canada it's a little bit longer, but within the U.S. I think it's within a couple days. And it's really cool because you just make the invitation or the thank you cards or whatever it is you need to do. So after the fact, it's also really useful, and you just go for it. After the fact, we gave, uh, we gave photos to everyone of us, with them so the photographer took a picture of us the couple with whatever like a couple another couple or my dad's side of the family or whatever and we would we printed those out and distributed them so anything that you can do to kind of take something off your plate at that point when you're planning a decently sized event in a month and I mean I was still working full-time of course like I had chiefly on my plate I was still in Founders Institute I had a lot to do and I took on the most of the planning of the Canadian ceremony but somehow it worked like we had the meeting with the priest in the evenings and pretty much everything that you would do if you were engaged and waiting a year and a half I just did in a month and so a lot of the extraneous deliberation or details were sort of thrown out and that's what I appreciated I didn't spend a month deliberating about a florist right it was like okay we need flowers though boom I know you you're local let's go um is that always workable right are they always available no I mean I had to contact probably I don't know six or seven photographers but it's just like it is what it is and we found an amazing one I can post uh maybe I can post a link to the album or something Maria's amazing and her work is just brilliant so authentic and captures the love or the emotion within a picture whatever the emotion is so I highly recommend her work and that's just all it's about it's like very, because it's a local thing you're not dealing with a world of vendors it is a be you do need to be exceptionally clear about your vision so that you don't get sidetracked and I knew kind of what I wanted for this winter wedding and 
I got very lucky. Now, was it perfect? I mean, by all accounts, probably not. But was it perfect based off of what we had? And was it absolutely magical for me? Yeah. And that's what it's about, right? It is about the bride and groom. You're not going to please every guest. Some of my friends were pissed off after the wedding for different reasons. And it's like, I'm obviously sorry about that. I at no point want to upset anyone. That's not why I'm here. But at the same time, if you're planning your wedding, you need to make sure that you are at the forefront while obviously respecting the people that are joining you in celebrating and making your day special. So I did my best to do just that. And I don't think any event or any situation, wedding or otherwise, is ever perfect. And so you've just got to kind of live with your best effort, your best go. And I think that dedicating a month and a half was, was just right. I mean, maybe two months would have been better, maybe three months. But to me, spending a year planning and accumulating all these different bits and pieces is just not not my vision of what I wanted. It wasn't the type... I wanted to spend a year of our lives planning our next property purchase or how we're going to save our money and invest our money or what's going to be our plan for where we live. So that was my priority and that's where I wanted to focus and I've seen a lot of couples move in that direction. So planning a wedding, the first one was all about getting local, all about negotiating with vendors and finding what they could do within the time frame and being okay with people not understanding your timeline or judging you for it. Every single person was like, wow, this is exceptionally short. You know, how are you going to do this? It's like, well, can you make it? Well, yeah, I can. Okay, so let's do it. Uh, We did have some regulatory issues around, for example, being able to have a band. We needed to work within public health guidelines, guest limit guidelines, venue guidelines. We did a tasting at the restaurant and guidelines changed between the tasting and the day of the wedding. The day before the wedding, the owner of the restaurant called me and said, hey, we have to change, you know, this, this and that, whatever, with opening a door and needing ventilation and all these different qualities of the environment because of the public health guidelines. But I mean, I could let that ruin my day or I could just say, okay, here are the parameters of the situation. We're going to work with them. We're going to figure it out. I'm not going to stop myself and my wedding. The most important people from my family were there. And so the only thing missing was, of course, Fab's family and friends. And that's why we opted to have a second wedding because even if they <coughs> because even if they had a year to plan, not everybody would have be would have been able to make it, right? And so a local wedding is what ensured that Fabio's grandfather, who's in his nineties, and his parents and all of his local friends that were that are important to him could make it as well. So wedding number two, gratefully I had Oh, and wedding number one, one great detail. So actually for the suits and all the apparel, I went with my mom. And luckily, because it was a huge time crunch, I got the first dress that I tried on. I just looked at it. I liked it. I liked the style. It was simple. It was me, what I wanted, what I had envisioned. And luckily, I tried it on and it it fit. It was great. We did a few minor alterations and boom. So very lucky there and then fab went with my dad and my brother which was a really nice bonding experience and they got their suits and that was also possible with you know a week out or something like that which is great actually because you don't have to do a bunch of fittings now of course if you're super particular if you have some sort of dress or designer or style that you must have 
this timeline's not going to work for you. But we already knew that because if you have a very specific vendor and venue and date and all of these things, I mean, we had a relatively specific date because the 19th holds some meaning for us. We started dating on September 19th, so the 19th of every month we sort of have a little celebration just to remember us. Nothing fancy. Sometimes it's just dinner in and being present to it. Sometimes it's dinner out. Sometimes we do a sweet thing for each other. But the thought is that every month we're consciously aware of our relationship and how grateful we are for it and we celebrate it. Of course, we aim to do that every day in small ways, but this is a monthly plum festival because Fab likes plums and we had plums when he asked me to be his girlfriend. So there we go, right? Wedding number one in the books. That was the the legal wedding. So we dealt with all that. Also not a big deal. You just kind of pick up the license from City Hall and bring it to the church and make sure you do a rehearsal with the priest or your officiant or whoever. Yeah, whoever's going to be doing your wedding. And then you, you kind of go for it. On the day of, it was an early day. And actually, everybody had partied. We were already at the farmhouse. Well, partied. <laughs> everybody had hung out the night before and it was a late night so getting up the next day was actually a bit of a challenge and it was a long day it's definitely a long day luckily got great photos both with and without snow the venue was awesome things largely went over without a hitch some of the downfalls I shouldn't switch over to this without the downfalls so as I said if you're very particular about a certain aspect it's going to be tough you're going to have to concede things or change things or find things that are available in a short time frame, which obviously makes sense. Um, certain guests similarly might not be able to make it when it comes to travel restrictions or local restrictions or job restrictions. Um, a friend of mine is a nurse and she said, look, I just, I can't go to a big group event right now. I'd be in big trouble at work, so I can't do it. It happens. It's not ideal. But am I going to wait a year plus to not do my wedding? No, because... I didn't want to hold up my life. No. Does that mean you can't have a party again later? Sure. Is it not the traditional thing? Yeah. Again, this comes down to what are your values and I think what's your priority here? So my priorities were to have it in a church. I did want to have a priest. I wanted to do it in the Catholic church because that was how I was raised and so that was important to me. Fab was also raised in the Catholic church. Less important to him, but still... You know, I I find that ritual and tradition that comes from religion to be extremely unifying and it is a very spiritual experience when done with, with reverence for what the ritual is. This is not a discussion into the challenges and the downfalls of religion. Organized religion has a lot of issues and I totally get that, but I think the ritual and the gathering of the local community of family and friends to witness the unity of two people joining in marriage is something that is so sacred and more rare by the day to make a lifelong commitment to someone no matter what that's that's tough that's a tough promise to make and uphold honestly and true fully I, I think it's tough these days to do that because people are annoying sometimes and it's not always this romantic, perfect bubble. And we disagree. And I need space. And sometimes I want to be alone. But it's a it's a true commitment that making it in front of my family and friends in a sacred place, in a place of reverence and 
sacred sort of I don't know I'm like rubbing like energy this kind of place that people revere they show up and they have respect for it that sort of energy in a place is a to me a really great place to make a promise like that so that was really important to me and it was also really important to me to have you know my grandparents and it was sad I couldn't have all of them there but I did have you know some and that was lucky very lucky at my age to have grandparents that can make it there and witness me and they helped raise me and they've been a part of my life my whole life and so for them to see me there again in such a special space was really really meaningful to me my parents my closest friends that was it for me that's all I needed and it was beautiful it really was so that was the first wedding a few resources that helped the wedding dress was very lucky I got and and the store actually gave me the store actually gave me the shoes that I wore but um it, because it was so cold I actually got boots from Walmart because we were doing photos outside and stuff and so most of the ceremony because no not the ceremony but most of the photos and then the celebration afterwards at the restaurant the dinner I actually was wearing just Walmart, like, $20 boots because it was so wet and cold and snowy on the floor, so I didn't want... I mean, my feet were, were freezing. If I if I would have worn the other shoes, they would have been. So that, and then I was very luckily given my mom's this mink jacket from the 80s that my dad bought for my mom in Florida, of all places. This beautiful white mink coat, and it had held up remarkably. And so this sort of, you know, 30-year-old, 30, 40, excuse me, 40-year-old coat from a time when my parents were together, such a different time from now because they're divorced, you know, and we've been through so many things as a family. To have that as my something borrowed was so special to be able to kind of, I don't know, tangibly feel that they had a connection at some point that they were an item at some point they were married for 13 years but I you know I mean I wasn't around for most of that <laughs> so it, it meant a lot to have that as well and that's what I think is the most important on your big day as they call it is having these personal touches that are meaningful to you that bring a tear to your eye that make you feel like this is a really special day for you and that doesn't have to be opulent. It can be. You can have sparkles. And we had sparklers when we did our first dance. But it can also be these little really meaningful touches from your family, from your history, from your history as a couple. And I think that's so cool. And that's what makes it unique. The best weddings I've been to are those that incorporate those sorts of touches. That would actually take me back to my story of meeting Fab, which is a whole other thing. We met at a wedding of all places uh, in Switzerland and that wedding was also so magical my friend Liliana married her longtime partner Michel and um, that was also a magical wedding on a buffalo farm where people sort of this potluck people brought all sorts of different dishes and they had a huge barbecue where everyone could self-roast their meat overlooking the lake of Constance it was this gorgeous view and they had these tents and it was just had a band and there was dancing, games, a big fire pit, laughter, people camped out overnight. It was 
also magical with picnic tables and community and you could feel the love throughout the entire thing with special touches from both of their friends and to me that's what a wedding is about a wedding for me is witnessing the unity of two people these two people coming together as one as a couple to make a commitment to go through life together and it's that witnessing that makes it so magical and so it's about who you have and creating a really special environment of course and making sure that you tailor the day to you and anything that gets kind of in the way of that that makes that noisy for you I don't think it's worth it personally so okay we get married and then we went to Niagara Falls but most things weren't open but that was like our first little honeymoon thing we just went for the weekend <laughs> And um, we were just exhausted. So I don't know. It was Fab's, I think, his first time to Niagara Falls. I don't actually remember. But we kind of explored a little bit, spent a few days, had a couple of meals in the hotel room, and just sort of we had a great view of the falls from the room. Everything was really cheap because no one was there. And uh, we just took it easy to kind of recover from a really intense planning. It was intense to plan even an event with you know, 35, 40 people. Um, oh, the barn was also so special, by the way. The barn that we stayed at was just this early 1900s farm house. And we rented it for the weekend and our main family and friends were there. Oh, somebody's coming. Again, I forget to lock the door. I should really lock the doors these days. I forget I'm not alone. I have a lovely dog and a lovely husband who enter in the room all the time. Did you know I was talking about you? <laughs> he points to himself. Me! Are you talking about me? So that was the first one and that was the intention there. When it came to the second one, as I mentioned, it was extremely helpful that Fab did most of the planning. He found the venue. I wasn't even in Switzerland at the time. I actually went to Croatia and I got my dress there, which was lucky. Once again, it was my first dress that I tried on, my cousin. And in that sense, again, I was quite, quite lucky that I have cousins in Croatia that were able to point me toward a dress shop and I got my nails done there. And I got some shoes. I didn't have to do too much there. And then I found the photographer and the makeup person on Instagram. Just like finding somebody that was local to the region. Yeah, so finding somebody local on Instagram was hugely helpful. And again, a very magical photographer who turned out to be just a brilliant example of an artist. Really creative and unique. We'll see the photos that are coming out soon, so I don't have anything to report there yet. But again, it was about getting local, finding local vendors. He found the local venue. It was a castle in the region, very nice, kind of understated. Just It's actually owned by... Oh, I always mess this up. Luxembourg? Huh. No. I always get this wrong. Not Luxembourg. 
Liechtenstein. Oh, every time, I don't know why. It's like when people mess up Switzerland and Sweden. Not, those are not close together at all, but somehow Luxembourg and Liechtenstein. It's owned by the royal family of Liechtenstein, which is actually another very interesting place. Very, just bordering Switzerland. It's tiny, but fascinating. And anyhow, it's a nice castle. And he organized the invitations. Similarly, just locally sourced, ordered them in. He mailed them himself, which was a bit more work. The venue did the food. We had a hotel room in the venue. So that was kind of all in one instead of needing two, like the first wedding. And, um... Yeah, I guess I can't, I didn't have too much of an experience with it. We talked through some details while I was in Croatia and he was here planning. So we talked through some details, which was fine. But all in all, wasn't that big of a deal. Again, probably principally because I didn't do too much of the planning. But I did have to source a dress. And the dress was, again, it was, I actually walked into this bridal shop that had so many sparkly like the the big kind of gemstone things and that's so not my style so they all the dresses were really like blingy you know just really shiny and sparkly and sequins or like all just all of them every single one and I thought oh this is not the store for me right like I'm not gonna find anything here and I kind of walked through and I thought oh man but I drove half an hour I better just have a look and I looked through and I found this one dress kind of hiding hiding behind the others always the case and it was like the only, I think there was maybe one other white dress in the whole store that didn't have, you know, just all kinds of details and sequins and sparkly things on them. And I tried it and again, it was a bit tight in a few places, but it fit. And I thought, oh, great. So same thing. I had about a week. They put it, they did the alterations, got it to me within a week. Same price point as the actually a bit more than the Canadian dress this one was about a thousand euros Canadian dress was 2,000 Canadian so you work it out in terms of the exchange I don't know 1,500 1,400 euros something like that um, and though you know people spend 5,000 plus on a wedding dress it's all possible people spend 100 bucks on a white wedding dress so whatever your budget there's definitely something out there for you I was very lucky to have found something within my budget that was sort of reasonable we both spent a thousand on our respective outfits and thought that that was kind of reasonable for an important event like this one. So Fab's mom coordinated a band locally because she does music locally. So there's that. What else? I mean, photographer and hair makeup. I, like I said, I did online. I just looked through some some Instagram accounts that were local and I asked a bunch of people and some people wanted you know 3,000 francs for the day which was out of our budget and it was just a matter of looking at our budget and negotiating and seeing what we could spend and then accepting that on all different fronts although I will say it's funny because in Switzerland negotiating can be seen as rude or it's just not common and so we did have we found the perfect officiant Andy was just the perfect guy for the job and we found him a week before, but there were many officiants that said that a week was too soon. They didn't agree with it. They couldn't do the job in a week. It would There's too much work to do it in a week. It's not possible. And then when we would negotiate on price, the Swiss officiants got very awkward, frankly. Like it was just, I don't think they'd ever been asked that before. They say their rate and that's just, you kind of take it or leave it, which is a big cultural difference, right? I mean, 
no harm, no foul. Like I said, even earlier in the discussion, just different cultures work differently. So for me, I'm so used to it. It's like, well, what can you do? Like, what's your best price? Can we take something out or can we switch something around? Like, we can't spend this much on this service. So can you do something else? And if not, cool, right? But we need to ask because of our budget. And yeah, thank, thank God for Andy who just was the best fit from a personality standpoint and was reasonable with the price and willing to work with us. So it just worked out amazingly. And he set up some really cute touches during the ceremony. Fab's parents put lavender and rose petals around us in a circle as a means of protection. We had Max there. He brought us the rings, our lovely little puppy dog. And we had my friend Liliana, the one who we met at her wedding. She did a bit of a speech for us and one of Fab's friends, a fellow scout. Spice did his speech that I didn't understand. That was another thing. The whole ceremony I thought was going to be in English and then it ended up being in Swiss German, which I understand to some varying degree depending on the context and the speaker. I certainly don't speak it yet, but uh, my understanding is limited to say the least. And so that was an interesting experience for me as the bride, not really knowing where we were at or what we were doing. And then another uh, critical pandemic feature where we did this for both weddings was Zoom. So we just had guests that couldn't be there on a Zoom call. We sent them the link. Of course, not perfect. You can't party with them after, but hey, they were there. They witnessed it and we recorded it as well. So all in all, what else? Oh, well, Fab's friends made like this box that we need to open in 10 years. So looking forward to that in 2031. I'll let you have to get back to you on the context of that, t contents of that gift. Oh, and I almost forgot the night before they kidnapped me, Fab's scouts friends, they kidnapped me in front of Fab. And then he had to go on this rescue mission doing all these activities in, in, um, in the park and the woods. And he had to row this inflatable boat on Lake Constance just to get me back and so that was his sort of bachelor party or, or something of the sort before the ceremony here in Switzerland so that was hilarious he did not like it he goes I didn't expect this it's like that was the point <laughs> oh it was good and the thing is he didn't think I was in cahoots with his friends right that was the best part it's like oh how could you I, I thought you were so scared I thought I thought you were worried. I was worried that you were worried. And it's like, I was in on it all along. Yeah, it was good. It was good because I, was, I had just returned from Croatia, actually. So it was brilliant that he thought I was just completely stunned and, and out of sorts. And yet we had this master plan. So those are two weddings during a pandemic, both planned within a month and a half or so. Totally doable. Just have to adjust your expectations and make sure that oh and for the wedding we had this homemade plum jam which was very delicious again a nod to the plum festival so yeah all in all very special second celebration with all the people that matter to fab and all the people locally so let's get to the, the rest of the, the heart of the matter here. I mean, the parties were fun, but the, the true heart of the matter would be how do you deal with the first six months of marriage? I have read so many articles saying that pretty much 
the first year of marriage is just like the most treacherous. And I think that that's obviously a bit of clickbait there because of course, you know, you have kids or you have sick parents, anybody, people close to you dying or you get an ailment or your partner or something happens. I mean, life can throw so many twists and turns that I can't even realistically say that the first six months have been the hardest that they will ever be. I don't know. But what I do know is that it is a bit of a shift. I mean, we lived together before being married, which is a bit different, but because we were in a long distance relationship, it was like we had to find a way to make that work somehow. But I did have a lot of alone time when I was away, right? It was kind of like I was here and then I was gone. And then during the start of COVID, I was always here, more here. And so it was sort of like, okay, how do I how do I retain? I think that the theme of the first six months for me has been how do I retain me while being in this union? And that's probably a question that you ask yourself when you get into the relationship. But somehow when you get married and you've got the ring on and it's kind of, I don't know, you kind of, you feel this sense of lifelong commitment. It's like, okay, holy shit. Like how am I, how am I going to can I still be me? And so you're kind of pushing these, like, what does marriage mean? And you're defining that with your partner, right? Hopefully, like, you're you're kind of setting the terms together. And so the first six months have definitely been about setting the terms. Where are we going to live? We're going to relocate. Okay, what's the timeline to relocate? I need time alone. I'm going to go to Croatia. I'm going to go here. What's our budget? How are we spending money? I mean, obviously, not every couple combines finances. If you want to into that Dave Ramsey is an interesting source who talks about getting out of debt and the importance of combining finances when you're married so that you're a unified front I mean it's kind of you know if you have a, a cup and you're putting water into it but you've got a hole and you don't know it's kind of like you keep pouring water in the cup but it keeps draining out the hole that's sort of the idea right because if one partner is just spending all the cash but the other one is just putting it all in or you're both putting it in but then one person is doing, like, if you don't know what's going on, it can be a bit problematic. And if it's hidden, that's where the real problems can come into play. So it's been very important for us to to merge our finances and chat about any purchases kind of over, I don't know, 300, 400 bucks or so. So something more thoughtful, we'll, we'll chat about it and just check in and we'll budget for things. And that's been imperfect as hell. But we're doing it, which I think is the main portion or the main idea. You got to start by doing it. So we've been doing it for six months. It is not perfect. We don't review it as much as we should. But again, we're doing it and we're pleased with ourselves for having started that. We're looking to buy our first house. But again, based on Dave Ramsey's advice and others, the idea is to be married for a year. And he makes the joke that... <laughs> You should be married for a year so that you know how, how close or far away to buy from your in-laws. Uh, but in all seriousness, obviously, right? Looking at neighborhoods, for us it's looking at countries, looking at different, whatever, places to raise kids, house value, the types of home homes and accommodations, obviously, right? Some places you can only afford an apartment, other places you can afford a single family home on its own lot. Some places are older homes, whatever. So looking at all of our preferences. And so that's our next bit, I think, moving forward. But so these first six months have kind of just been about us setting the terms for our union. 
And for me personally, it's been, who am I within this relationship now that we've made this big commitment to each other and ourselves as a couple? And how do we continue to communicate very clearly? Because there have been moments of irritation. There have been definite moments where I just want to be alone. Or I don't feel we see eye to eye on something. And I'm trying to think of like a specific thing. But just it can be even little things, right? Like laundry. Why am I doing your laundry? Why am I cooking everything for you all the time? Like I also have a full-time job. And then actually back to Tammy Peterson's episode, if you haven't checked it out yet. But we talk there. She speaks brilliantly about resentment and how it's kind of this like festered anger if you will and and so I find that happening where it's like okay I'm the woman so I have to clean and cook and do your laundry but then I also have this full-time job and then I find myself getting annoyed and pissy and being irritated and that's not what I want and so finding a way to be present to that calling myself on that making sure I make time for myself things like feeding the dog things like where are we gonna go for our vacation days and sometimes it's about making compromises and when you don't feel well, like when I had the toxic mold poisoning and I wasn't even in Switzerland, uh, you know, I needed to rely on Fab from, from afar to say this is really hard and emotionally going to him as the person who supports me. And it's not to say that my friends or my parents are no longer part of my life and they don't support me anymore in any way, but it's just kind of learning that I can count on him and making sure he's my best friend and making sure that we're a team on things has been one very strong theme of the first six months. And then being a strong team means me retaining my autonomy and my individual interests. And I mean, Fab's great at that in terms of supporting me to go for anything that I dream up, any of my ideas and wild dreams and so that's obviously one big reason I married him he supports me for all the wild wild child thoughts and things that I have that I want which is great but it's about kind of navigating that amidst a day-to-day responsibility within the relationship and then making sure to have fun man it's so easy to also get so into the laundry in the day-to-day that it's like we're not a couple anymore we don't do fun things anymore we don't go out with people or do stuff and obviously the local landscape impacts that if nothing's open that's also difficult and it's easy to just become a hermit in your house but finding ways to have fun has probably been the next theme making sure that we are still that couple that it's not just an administrative day in day out sort of managing the relationship and kind of loses its fire that's been something too to kind of be really present with are we being intimate physically emotionally are we still connecting is this fun do we do fun stuff do we see other people or are we just like doing dishes and going to bed at 8 p.m and that's okay sometimes but it's also like if you're only watching movies and going to bed and doing laundry and it can become extremely mundane and for me at least that's not the only thing I want for my day-to-day so it's been very important to talk about values make sure we're living those values budget remembering to be myself and shooting at some common goals together 
has been sort of the exciting spark as to what's on the horizon. So I think I'm good there with the first six months. It's certainly just a drop in the bucket in terms of what's to come, but those are my thoughts as to what I've experienced and what I've found to be important. And I hope that part of that helps you. And if the first six months of your marriage are bumpy, I mean, welcome to the club. I don't know that, I don't know. Maybe it's it's funny, the officiant, Andy, he, he said to me, he goes, you know, my marriage, it's just so easy. I'm so lucky. And I, I said this at our Swiss ceremony and I thought, wow, that sounds nice. But that's so not my marriage. <laughs> like, what? Am I doing this wrong? I mean, life should be easy, right? Like, it should be fun. It should be easy. I, I do believe in that principle. And it really gave me cause for some some introspection and, and caused me to pause um, a few days before the ceremony going, oh my God, like, am I, did I do something wrong? Is this wrong for me? Why isn't this always easy for me? And yet I think about the things that I'm the most, that are the most meaningful in my life and that I care for the most, my most intimate relationships, the people that have been with me through years and years of ups and downs and changes. And none of those things have been easy, quote unquote. They've taken sustained effort. They've been easy in the sense that I know I have someone I can count on. That makes life easier. They're easy in that I know that every day I wake up and he's there and he'll give me a hug. That's easy. It's easy to know that I don't have to worry about, you know, taking out the garbage because he's brilliant and he does that. That's, that makes life easy. But the energy and the effort that needs to be put into maintaining a relationship, the patience and the understanding when we completely disagree and I find him to be completely annoying in the moment, those things, they may not feel easy, but they are definitely worthwhile when it comes to a sustained, meaningful partnership and relationship with someone you can count on and you know is loyal and would give anything to make sure that you're okay. And, and you know that you would do the same. You're just trying to better each other and better your lives and do it together with a bit of fun along the way. So here's to, to you, your marriage, your partnership, your friends, whoever is close in your life. It's not easy right now, I get it. <laughs> but is it is it worth it? Is it worth the effort? Is it worth the energy and the time that you're putting into it? And I think you'll get an answer as to whether or not that's the case relatively relatively quickly if you're honest with yourself. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. There's a winding road of wedding planning and a bit of what I've experienced so far. I hope to keep you updated as I learn more. Certainly, as I said, I know it's the beginning, but I wish you lots of love and happiness in all of your relationships as you continue to grow with them. And maybe you hear in the background, that I'm not sure if you can hear it. I hear it from the microphone, the Swiss, lovely Swiss church that goes off every hour on the hour like a dime. So. With that, I always have a hard time saying bye. I always have a hard time saying bye to you. It's like I feel like you're here in the room with me and I could just stay hanging out with you forever even though I'm, you know, it's just me and Max. But it means so much to me to have this form of sharing and being able to 
communicate my experience even though I'm learning and changing and maybe in a year I'll have so many different things to say but this means so much to me to have the space to do that alongside you and so thank you for listening and I really hope you join me again to listen listen to more episodes from other amazing people that are leading via their daily actions as well take good care and see you soon